0: to the real tale podcast this is your host and writer for your entertainment corner kelsey loizel and with me today while he's checking the levels again
1: what
2: <laughs> what's your
1: name oh hi
2: <laughs> wow this must be the place um mark salcedo oh, senior editor writer as green key dot and still unemployed.
1: Yeah.
2: I realize I, f- I fucked up something. What'd you fuck up? I should've had the uh the song from Psycho as as their intro music.
0: Well it's not too far into the thing, you still could do it. Nah fuck it. <laughs> I know your mom's on that cruise.
2: <laughs> okay
0: you know what she's gonna say when uh she comes off that um off that boat
2: what's she gonna say
0: hi carrot it's mom i'm just calling to say that i'm so 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 excited to see you tomorrow (laughs) you're my angel and i love you okay i love you okay bye sweetie i love you (laughs) that's her calling you
2: i swear you're in the same room as i am whenever she calls (laughs)
0: That's what she's gonna do when uh, when she needs you to pick her up mm. last minute.
2: You know I can't find the song. Holy shit!
0: What song for Psycho?
2: For Psycho, yeah. Maybe because I'm, I'm typing it in wrong.
0: Whatever. How do you spell it?
2: Psycho. Yeah. No, maybe like I'm not searching correctly. Oh, okay, I probably did find it. All right, go on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I did find it. All right, go on.
0: You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Real Appeal. Two E's and Real. You can also find us on TikTok because I keep forgetting that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email us at the real appeal at gmail.com. I think Mark is killing it with our little preview videos, just saying.
2: I know, genius. You may call me genius. Uh, senior editor, genius. Writer, genius. Mark Salcedo, genius. Unemployed, genius.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you could please review us. On our pod, you know, on what you hear today, <laughs> what we say mm. and what we think. Mm. And won't judge us right now, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> anywhere you listen to our podcast, you can do that. Um, our segments for the show this week, as my cat stares at me with wide eyes, is uh, our recent review of Bo is Afraid, our obscene and obscure of Dead Alive, aka Brain Dead. Came out in nineteen ninety two. And our geriatric cinematic is Psycho, which came out in nineteen sixty. This movie is older than my mom. Mm-hmm. And Turpic. Uh
2: a whole lot of mommy issues.
0: Uh-huh.
2: You know this uh that movie Psycho. is older than older than you.
0: Yeah, but once an old movie, if I say it's older than
2: I mean, does it I mean, my
0: mom, then it's older.
2: Mm-hmm. But did my statement lie? No. You're just being sarcastic. No, I'm not. That's an actual fact. The movie's older than you. Okay. Fact. Mm -hmm. Hashtag
0: fact.
2: Hashtag fact? Yeah, hashtag fact. No, what is it? (laughs) Hashtag big facts? Whatever these fucking kids talk about. I don't even think they use that anymore.
0: No, it's hashtag facts.
2: Oh, I like like mine better. Fact. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like I'm saying fact.
1: I know. Hashtag fact
2: um all right before we jump into our review i just want to bring up a little bit of a topic um hopefully hollywood will be burning down soon the wooga strike the wooga strike yeah the wooga strike (laughs) um so if you folks have been listening to the news or remotely interested in hollywood news uh the writer's strike uh the wga writer strike has started today at the time of this recording that's
0: the writers guild of america for those that don't know
2: yeah um so the last time we had a writer strike was like I'm sorry it was like 15 years ago, which I believe was like 2007. Uh, just a little bit of information on what's going on. Uh, I found this great article on USA Today. Uh, gives a little bit of an explanation of what's going on with the writer strike and why the WGA walked out and how, you know what does that mean for television and film. So as the article goes, writers are primarily looking for more const- <clears throat> constipation compensation (laughs) with many pointing to the rise of of streaming has as having a negative effect on their earnings and tv uh, writers are often paid per episode and where a broadcast series once produced 22 or more installments each season streaming services are more typically eight to 13 episodes Mm -hmm. um obviously like these contracts are not really up to date to handle the whole streaming thing um Rezi- sorry, residuals and royalt- or royalties, which earns writers, actors, and producers, among others, money after a TV show's debut when it airs or streams elsewhere are lower for streaming shows than for broadca- broadcast shows that, are air-, that air reruns on-, on cable or syndication. So, I can't remember oh, how long. It's been so long since I, like, cut the cable cord. Mm-hmm. And it, pretty much everything I watch is something streaming. And Netflix, Hulu, Prime Video, all the streaming services. So pretty much these writers are like, the writers are like, hey, you know, uh, some of these shows aren't even lasting one season. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're like a few episodes. Uh, they don't ha- really have any syndication. Um, you know what syndication is, Kelsey? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, so now they're like, can you guys start paying us, like to to especially like today's living wage? And... Um, it's kind of like roll with this contract of like, hey, we we should get more money because of X, Y, and Z, which makes complete sense if you think about it. Mm-hmm. These studios make billions upon pi- billions of dollars.
0: Billions upon billions.
2: Yeah, upon billions. And it's not like any uh, Kevin Feige, David uh anybody who runs like these big producing companies, right? They're not creating the content. Mm-hmm. content the writers are it's the writer's idea it's a story they build upon and then they create these programs that make them billions of doll- dollars writers are now just hey like can you give us some of that money mm-hmm.
0: um well and also i mean it's not just been this year like mm-hmm. i think historically writers n- almost never get the recognition they deserve mm-hmm. because it's all about the actors and the directors
2: yeah like Like, unless it's like a, back then, you could sell, you can get like a $20 million deal on a conch, on a script. Mm -hmm. Back then, that was not unheard of. Back then, when? Mm, 90s, around early 90s, mid 90s. I'll even say like uh, early 80s. I'll say, okay, I'll say like, I'll say mid to late 80s, 90s, and like mid 90s. And then as so time, for like 10 years? For like 10 years, maybe even like late 90s. But as time go- has gone on and so many people want to become writers and so are struggling to be like, I want to get my name out there. I want to get my script out there because it, maybe it'll build an IP or like whatever. So the studios have like taken advantage of that instead of like paying like $1 million, uh, $20 million for a script that might bomb at the box office. They're, like, just barely throwing these bones and everything just for these writers to, like, get uh, some type of payment. And sometimes these writers are, like, busting their ass just to, like, just to like make a, uh, a living. Do they're- you think
0: this is partially why a lot of movies suck? Or, like, why the fuck are you coming out with this sequel? And then they put someone on it who doesn't know anything about the franchise or doesn't care about it. And they're, mm. like, here's like some money
2: that could be some of the reasons like especially like for major studios like doing like marvel movies dc anything with ip because mm-hmm. they're like okay cool we already know this ip is gonna make money uh, mm-hmm. let's just say this is say for example a, a spider-man movie right mm-hmm. there's already a fan base built around spider-man mm-hmm. comics cartoons, shirts products all that kind of stuff so all they gotta do is they gotta get a script writer who's willing to write the script and there's all this material already laid out for them. Oh, we're gonna have this villain because this villain did this arc and blah 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 and all that kind of stuff, right? And the studios don't have to pay a whole lot. Um, now there is. Now, with that being said, all they need is like one or two writers to mm-hmm. touch it. Yeah. And a sea of writers, one or two will be picked. And so there are other writers who are like struggling to get to that level, mm-hmm. but they have to keep. Taking these like smaller gigs, kind of build up their resume, like over time. And like I said, the,
0: and it's not still not getting them anywhere.
2: It's still not getting them getting them And anymore. that's
0: why you feel the way you do, partially about being a writer.
2: Oh yeah, that's where
0: this that's where, directly fucking affects you.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And don't get me wrong. There's a ton of programs out there that are like phenomenal writing, right? But it's not like they will be like the, sh- the like the way how the writers' room is is like. There's a writers' room. They come up with an idea. They go back and forth. They each they might each write a part of the script and everything like that. But it's the person who like puts it all together to like form like a single episode script, and
1: mm-hmm. then
2: that person gets like writing credit. But most of the time on these series on these programs, people don't get the they they have the writing credit, but people don't know who these writers are. They might know like the showrunner who had some writing to done, like uh, do like uh, what's his name, Breaking Bad, um. Lord forgive me. I can't remember that dude's name. Um Let me see. As I'm typing, <laughs> as I'm typing, <laughs> as I'm typing. Continue to type. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, Vince Gillian, right? <laughs> Vince Gillian, right? Okay, Vince Gillian created Breaking Bad mm-hmm. and then Better Call Saul. He started off as a writer for like X-Files and shit like that. Like like, little, little tiny shows. He, he'll he put together, like, Lone Gunman, he did, like, Battle Creek, like, these little tiny shows and everything. And it wasn't, like, decades upon decades later that, or, like, years and years later that he he finally got recognized for Breaking Bad. He's, like, 56 now. Mm-hmm. So, What a what Breaking Bad came out? Let's say Breaking Bad came out, like, 10 years ago, right? So, he had to be, like, 46 until he got his own show. Mm-hmm. So, he could have spent a good 20 or 30 years just writing. Mm-hmm. And t- so, it took him that long. That's not how the way wor- the world works now, where writers they have families, they have debt, like college debt and everything mm-hmm. uh, I've heard stories about some writers having to go on assisting living
1: mm-hmm.
2: like just to or or um just to like get food on their t- on the table and everything mm-hmm. like that. So all these writers are doing is just like hey netflix hulu um All these Like
0: Amazon, Apple TV.
2: Exactly. All these major corporations are making billions upon billions of dollars. I said it again. Winning awards, (laughs) getting recognition. Oh, what show is this? Oh, that's on Apple TV. It's never, what show is this? Who's the writer on that show? (laughs) Like nothing like that. And like I say, these writers, they're like suffering. They're suffering by this. So, like I said, what they want to do is that they just want to get compensation for... Uh, so the article continues to say, these lower minimums are established when streaming was in its infancy, and because streamers often insist on ex- 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 exclusivity, mm-hmm. um, limiting the distribution of those shows elsewhere. So let's say, say, say for example, Dick Van Dyke Show.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. I believe it was like an NBC program.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You can see Dick Van Dyke. No, actually, take that. <laughs> Law and Order. Perfect example. Law and Order. Law and Order S. SVU or whatever mm-hmm. law and order, NBC, Coop, USA, cool TNT, Coop, Constant, TBS, uh, TBS, <laughs> TBS, exactly syndication. Well, even syndication. though I don't think I went to TBS, but still, we're just throwing that out, right? Yeah, just just NBC, TNT, USA, right? Mm. Um, syndication writers are being compensated that way. Like fucking friends. Friends, perfect example. Friends, see TBC, yeah, uh, TBS, Office, exactly. Married with Children, no, Married with Children, I think mainly is like Fox.
0: No, but they did go uh, syndicate for a while.
2: Uh, Married with Children?
0: hmm So, exactly,
2: okay. There were avenues for these writers to get paid in syndication. That's no longer the case. Uh, let's just say Umbrella Academy, right? Umbrella, um, Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. Netflix. Do you see it anywhere else?
0: But what happens about the shows that... Like, take, for example, Quantum Leap. So that one shows on network, but I guarantee you most of the population is streaming it instead.
2: Exactly. Actually, I don't even know...
0: So how do you pay for that?
2: I can't even say... I mean, I probably can look it up, but I can't even say right now if the, the, the new Quantum Leap is on NBC. Because I haven't watched a cable program or ca- like i haven't watched a cable not not cable show i mean because you say like stuff on hbo max it was on hbo channel mm-hmm. but like as in waiting like cable television mm-hmm. you know i cut that core years ago so anything i watch that like succession for example comes on hbo within two seconds of that show premiere it's on it's on hbo max mm-hmm. so it's like okay hbo owns succession how you can get syndication from that, syndication mm-hmm. rights and stuff like that, you right. know. So, like all these writers are asking, but like, hey, we need to like work this out because that's what everybody's doing. It's like streaming. Um, so here's why the studios rejected it. The studio approached the negotiation with the long-term health and stability of industry as a priority. Uh, AMPT uh, said in a statement shortly before the talks began, and it has uh, been shaky. A shaky time in industry, entertainment. Uh, Conglomerates and streaming services are looking to bolster their uh, bottom line, racketing, racketing uh, back a spending spree. On oh, ratcheting ratcheting, Thank you. Spending spree on new content that has hurt profits. Many have reported loss from streaming to Wall Street in recent months and made plans to lay off thousands of employees. So the studio heads are still getting these huge amounts of money, and they're saying we're taking a loss and we're like letting people go.
0: So it's a power trip. Cause it it is always a power has trip. been, it always will be because mm-hmm. they did this shit even in the golden era of cinema and like they held all the power mm-hmm. and still they hold all the power and they're mm. not choosing the right stories and they are choosing stories that they butcher the hell out of because they don't let people have creative control mm-hmm. and then they wonder why they're losing money and they're crying about it.
2: Uh okay, so the AMPTP, it's Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. So I just want to Say that. So, this is what this was their comprehensive package proposal to the great Guild, right? Which included generous increases and in compensation for writers as well as improvements in streaming and residuals. The AMPTP also indicated to the WGA that's prepared to improve that offer, but was unwilling to do so because the magnitude of other proposals still on the table that the guild continued to assist upon. So, they were like, the, the AMPTP was like, just throwing them a bone. Like, here, just take this, you guys will be fine. And the guild's like, no. <laughs> straight no and another another part that's been a f- that the, the WGA have to worry about is now there's AI studios are going to start looking at AI and be like hey I forgot what's this like AI, AI service that you can tell that you can type in uh, I need to write a 6,000 like, word is it the
0: GPT chat yeah,
2: yeah yeah exactly I need a 6,000 word essay on Genghis Khan and this era Brrr, have it done for you like in two minutes Mm-hmm. so studios could like start looking at it because students they always try to like uh major suits they always try to like save money as best way they can because they want they want that profit mm. um so easy just let's just say marvel for example again uh gtp i what's a gtp right gpt gpt uh create a spider-man movie directed by this director and circles around spider-man fighting the vulture 20 minutes boom it's got done And the guild has already been trying to fight against this, saying like AI cannot affect any original rules or anything like that, or royalties to like writers' work. Mm -hmm. But you know how studios are—try to save up any money. Mm -hmm. So this is a this is a this says uh, the whole AI thing sets sets what Mm precedents for that happening, right? Um, All right, so. Shows that have been affected so far, the late night show programs like Jimmy Kimball, Late Late Show, I'm sorry, Late Show Tonight and Late Night, they're all in hiatus right now. Mm-hmm. All the writers are like boom, like that's it. Uh Real Time with Bill Maher. This week, tonight with John Oliver, The Daily Show, nothing. They're on hiatus right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Abbott Elementary. Um as far as I go, the room is the writer's room is closed. Um the, so, okay, so in an interview with Democracy Now, Democracy, Democracy Now, uh Brittany Nicholas revealed that this strike could ultimately impact the number of episodes they can plan for the upcoming season. Um Cobra Kai writer's room closed down. Mm-hmm. Period. Um series co-creator John Hurwitz tweeted pencils Down in Solidarity, the writers' room is closed and no writers are currently set for season 6 production. Mm-hmm. They haven't started yet. And they're just like no uh, Big Mouth, Saturday Night Live, no Saturday Night Live at all, and they 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 come the Saturday Night Live. They write every week, so nothing on that. Uh, the talk, uh, gut filled. I don't know what that fuck that is. Fox News Channel. All right, don't care. Um, House of the Dragon was not affected because all the scripts were already in in second season.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Problem. There still is kind of a problem with that because normally when it comes to things in production best idea is to have a writer on set
0: because sometimes things change
2: sometimes things change they don't work out the line doesn't work the scene doesn't work the story doesn't work and the writers there are like all right let's shift this you know Mm -hmm. no writers there uh rap shit uh production second season of the easy ratio has wrapped in april so nothing worried about there. yellow jackets the showtime program uh, writing for season three for the Showtime drama has halted after exactly one day of progress. <laughs> so that's the list so far. That's the list so far. So, for anybody listening who's like, how's this going to affect, you know, these productions? It's not going to be that bad. It's not going to be that bad. Well, 2007, 2008, when the writer strike happened, Quadama Stories about how. Oh, okay. Here's a quote from Daniel Craig. I wrote the script myself. <laughs> Daniel Craig in 2012, who admitted with Paul Haggis. Paul Haggis' original screenplay arrived just two hours before the strike began. And he said, we were fucked. <laughs> we had a bare bones of a script, and then there was uh, a writer's strike, and there was nothing we could do. There was me trying to rewrite scenes, and I and a writer. I am not. <laughs> um uh, director Mark Foster, like, di- he seriously considered, like, quitting the movie because it was just so bad. Uh, Transformer Revenge of the Fallen. Michael Bay had the right on the script. Uh, he's not a great. He's not a good writer at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Rumor has that the film went to production before the script was finished and the shooting schedule was extended to compensate for rewrites completed after the strike. To make matters worse, an effects-free version oh yeah, the effects version got released and it was hot garbage. G.I. Joe Rise of the Cobra, Terminator Salvation, Star Trek, the JJ Abrams movie, Angels of Demons, Dragon Ball Evolution. Can you tell me how all of these are uh, similar or why they would be in the same box?
0: I think because they made poor choices, like mm-hmm. like especially the Dragon Ball Z one. Like, mm-hmm. wasn't that one known for them putting like a producer or whoever putting their kid in it?
2: Well, the story about Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Evolution is that the rumor was that um, there was no writers available, so Fox was like, "We got to get a movie out," so they made this movie. <laughs> with a tattered old screenplay for dragon ball movie that was available having dusted, have gathered dust in 2002
0: oh jesus
2: all right so here's here here's what's why these movies are similar despite different genres and like different stories and everything they're all temples tent poles, T- tent poles. Mm-hmm. they were all used to build a franchise upon uh, James Bond has a huge franchise Quantum of Solace was the second movie f- with the new James Bond uh-huh. that's one Transformers this is like a billion dollar movie that's supposed to make a, bil- a billions of dollars right it's a franchise X-Men Origins franchise G.I. Joe Rice Cobra potential fr- franchise Terminator Salvation was supposed to be a restart of the Terminator uh, movies like there was, there was a planned three picture deal For after Terminator Salvation. I'm sorry, two more sequels, right? That movie bombed so badly they had to scrap it, do Terminator Genesis, scrap that because it was so bad. (laughs) Um, so that was like a restart to like try to do a new trilogy. Star Trek. Now Star Trek, there was Star Trek into Darkness and Star Trek like Beyond, I think it was called, but it had like a horrible footing.
1: Mm -hmm. So
2: people are like, Whoa, like on that movie. Angels and Demons was part of a franchise. The problem was that is that the script was, like, half finished, and so production, like, stopped. They are like, all right, we can't go through this, right? Mm-hmm. But by that time, the whole Angels and Demons, or what's it called, Da Vinci Code thing, mm-hmm. had the, the whole f- love and fever for it had already went away. Mm-hmm. I think there's only, like, two of these fucking movies, and there's, like, four books or something like that. Yeah. Dragon Ball Evolution was supposed to be a step into, like, making uh, animes into live-action films. That movie has such a stank on it, nobody's ever touching that franchise in live action ever again. (laughs) Like, period. (laughs) It's one of the reasons why like the Akira movie never gets off the fucking ground. Mm -hmm. Ghost in the Shell was a god-awful live action adaptation. So, for those who don't think these writers, the writer strikes affect movies, you might not see it now, but later down the line, you might be like, why does this movie suck so much? The fucking WGA was like, fuck the Brown Strike. Proven again, they, like these produ- these production companies. They need writers. Mm-hmm. Period. Flat out. Give them the fucking money they want, so you can make your billion dollar franchise.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, that's my <laughs> that's my rant. I was <laughs> <laughs> I'm like passionate about this because as a writer and Kelsey as a writer as well, we understand the struggle of this shit of like creating stuff. Mm-hmm. So when the writer strike happened, I was like, fuck yeah, like burn Hollywood down to like teach them a lesson.
0: No, seriously. Yeah, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> it sucks because we want to consume, just mm. waste. Everyone else does what's coming too, even though we like to write. But
2: yeah, I mean, and, and like I said, and it's not just, it's not just bad for uh, the viewers. It's especially bad for these writers. They have to stop working to like prove a point. They and have like
0: in the one, so they're already not making that much money and mm-hmm. having a hard time feeding their families, and mm-hmm. now they're really not making anything exactly. So it's like they're cutting their nose to spite their face, but exactly. and hoping that it'll turn into something good for them down the line.
2: Yeah, I think it will because once again, like this puts a pause on, on production. It depends on how long this lasts, but when it comes to the WGA, they're like, we'll wait as long as we have to. Because the what I've always been taught is if you want to hurt somebody don't hurt them physically hit them in their wallet
0: mm-hmm. that's
2: when they'll no- notice it yeah anyway i agree <laughs> all right i've been talking for a while let's what we got what, what, what we got we got more mommy issues to talk about okay <laughs> more oh, important okay, than cool. writer's issues oh cool mommy issues another 20 minute rant for me right
0: <laughs> and me <laughs> all right now we're gonna do our recent review of "Bo is afraid
1: i am so sorry for what your daddy passed down to you. But I wanted a child, the greatest gift of my life.
2: I'm visiting my mother tomorrow.
1: Hi, Carrot. it's mom. I'm just calling to say that I'm so, so, so excited to see you tomorrow. You're my angel and I love you. Okay, I love you. Okay, bye, sweetie. I love you. Are you at the airport? I'm on my way. I just—it's not safe, is it? What do you think I should do? I'm sure you'll do the right thing, sweetheart.
0: The synopsis is: following the sudden death of his mother, a mild-mannered but anxiety-ridden man confronts his darkest fears as he embarks on an epic Kafkaesque odyssey.
2: Kafkaesque.
0: Kafkaesque. Dang! Look at you. Uh, I know,
2: right? <laughs> look at me correcting Kelsey. What?
0: <laughs> Odyssey back home, directed and written by Ari Aster. It stars Joaquin Phoenix, almost a Joaquin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Patty Lapone, Amy Ryan, Nathan Lane, and Parker Posey.
2: Uh, so yeah, uh, but I was afraid. The third film in Ari Aster's uh, film career. mm mm-hmm. uh, I will say that I... Kelsey and I were very much looking forward to this movie. It looked weird as fuck. And that's the thing. We like weird, surreal shit. Just as long as it's good. Mm-hmm. Um And it's A24. And it's A24. A24 rarely miss. Rarely fucking miss. Um I'll just go ahead and say this before we get into a review. This was my second time watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was Kelsey's first time. Kelsey, what did you think about this movie?
0: I like this movie a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um there are so many, I'm gonna say like consistent inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. Right? Like things don't match. Mm-hmm. And then that thing that doesn't match will match
2: something else that didn't match. Mm, Okay, okay. And then
0: you're like, okay, I see the pattern. It's like you see the numbers in the matrix.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly right. (laughs) You're like, you just see like a bunch of, like, a Cypher set. I see blonde, redhead, brunette. But if you look a little bit closer, you can see just how twisted and fucked up the shit is. Yeah.
0: Um, I thought... I mean, I know that you had mentioned to me after you got through it that mm-hmm. it was like maybe a commentary on too many things. Mm-hmm. And I really only saw a commentary on one thing.
2: What was that one thing that they
0: Mental said? health. Mm, okay, okay. Because all of mm-hmm. the other things that I think you saw mm-hmm. rolled up into this person mm-hmm. who had
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, just layered trauma. Yeah. Which I think is all of us
2: yeah yeah there's like a yeah like like you'll say there's trauma there's like a level of anxiety depression manipulation and like all this kind of stuff pretty much having to do with like mental illness and stuff like that but now that you say that one of the biggest issues i had with this movie was like this viewpoint of like the tiktok generation mm-hmm. that Ariasa was trying to say and i remember thinking like what is he trying to do with that right because it seemed like that happened so quickly with like no resolution mm-hmm. but now that you say like oh mental 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 illness, you can apply that to that plot point in the movie as well.
1: hmm
0: Exactly. So um, th- so that's why I was confused when I got done watching it, because I'm like, I I don't see it that way. mm mm-hmm. um, I, I really saw all of the events mm-hmm. were connected by Bo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it is a long movie. And yeah, you it- do... Uh go ahead.
2: No, no, no. You go ahead. You go ahead.
0: You did mention there was a pacing issue, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think that it was an issue. I think it was intentional.
2: Okay, the the movie's running about three hours. It's like right at the two hour fifty nine minute mark. Yeah. But go, but go
1: ahead.
0: Um, I think the the pacing at that one point towards the end, mm-hmm. it was intentional, mm-hmm. um, because he's coming to the end of his journey, mm-hmm. and there's like one last reveal. Yeah. Um. So I think that's intentional. Um. And also because yeah. you're kind of getting to see, like, the world that he kind of grew up in. Mm-hmm. So you got to take your time and, like, look at the pictures. Like, there's one weird picture on the wall in the staircase going downstairs. And, like.
2: Oh, yeah. And there's, like, one particular picture. Like, what? Like, yeah. how did they get that picture? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. You know, it's so funny because, like, I, cause I, I wrote a review for this on 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 Screen Geek and um you know, it part of part of my review was like the the three hour the almost three hour uh runtime and uh like as Kelsey said like me seeing there's too many messages that's kinda of jumbled up in there and stuff like that. But like honestly with within the beginning of like this review I'm like I don't think I can see anything wrong with this movie. <laughs>
1: Seriously
0: <laughs> like I wanna I don't like rewatching movies. Mm. Because I, I don't, I need the suspense. Mm-hmm. And if I know what's coming, I hate mm-hmm. it. Like, then I can't,
2: yeah, you, you, you I can't ha- sit through it. Yeah. You have like that one time of like, oh, like that was so great. But you're like, you can never, you can never cash that again, you know? The
0: only movie recently uh-huh. and for a long time that mm-hmm. I have been able to rewatch was Everything Everywhere All at Once.
2: Oh, you absolutely love that movie.
0: I will still rewatch it forever.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, this one, I don't know how much I could rewatch, but I want to rewatch it, I think, a few times. Because mm-hmm. I want to go back and catch the things that I didn't catch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like create your own adventure, in a way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you can actually, like, pick out certain things in each scene.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: like, um, Like, just, you can pay attention to the way he talks. Mm-hmm. Some of it's
2: certain things in the background that's, like, in one scene, and they, they are, there's a payoff for it later. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, shit, like he, like, he was setting all this kind of stuff up, which, which I was going through. Because when, when I first watched, I was just absorbing everything, right? Like, all the shock and all values of it and everything mm-hmm. like that. But re-watching it with you, I'm like, oh, I, okay, I get that. I get that. I know what he's going to do with that. I finally see that. Look. uh uh-huh. It took you two
0: watches to do what I did in one. Oh. Oh, oh, my
2: bad, my bad. I'm sorry. I, I'm so sorry. Well, once again, proven, uh, Kelsey, proven that she is indeed a lot smarter than me.
0: Look, I have a film degree. Uh,
2: <laughs> no, you don't. That's what makes you better. <laughs> um. All right, so let's go through the steps. Uh, what did you think of of the direction from uh, from Aster?
0: Perfect. Next okay. question. <laughs> I uh, liked his direction detail. because uh, he tells the story in such um, a chaotic, but like calm chaotic.
2: Yeah, like there's like a method to the madness kind of thing.
0: Right. There's like a lot of shit happening, but mm-hmm. he somehow makes it happen in a way that you can digest. Mm-hmm. So normally, if something's really fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. You just don't have enough breathing room, and you you don't understand like the story and where it's headed or where it came from even. Yeah, like you couldn't even remember where it was fifteen minutes ago if it's too crazy. Mm-hmm. But it has moments of craziness with the um. It has moments of craziness, with um. You focusing in on both so intently, um, and he's always the center of every shot basically. Yeah that um even with the chaos around him you're Mm. still just watching him and his reaction
2: yeah yeah exactly yeah because he is he is the uh not center of attention but he is like the focal point he's the glue yeah he yeah he's the glue and like it's it's funny because like how a lot of movies are they're like a surrogate to a surrogate for the audience Mm -hmm. this and this movie has a lot of like what the fuck moments and shit like that Mm -hmm. that Bo's reaction to all of it makes perfect sense that he would be the surrogate for the audience because of the concept, what the fuck is going on, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, now, saying like, what the fuck's going on, it doesn't, it, I'm, just, I'm, I feel like I'm doing the movie a disservice by saying that. It's more of like a lot is happening. And like as Kelsey said, it's a lot you have to process. Mm-hmm. But once you see, as I say, the method to the madness, you start following along very easily. Mm-hmm. There are a, um, um, uh, Frank, the editor of Screen Geek, he'll, he'll send me like clips or tweets about people saying like, this is a trash movie, it's garbage, it doesn't know what's trying to fucking do, nothing makes sense and shit like that. And like before the movie came out, I saw some of these reviews and like, or these, these tweets and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, maybe I'm not going to like it because it seems like it's going to be kind of confusing. After sitting down and watching it, I'm like, what is it? What is so confusing about this movie? It makes mm-hmm. perfect sense if you just sit and fucking just pay attention to it.
0: There was only one scene, and I'm not gonna say what it is, but you'll know what it is. Mm. The one that you were waiting for me to see. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um
0: and what he does with the thing. Uh-huh. Or no, the thing does with itself. Yeah. That I was like, why did they do that? And uh-huh. I'm like, and i don't know why i didn't get that at first because uh. if you think about the issues that that one was talking about usually you know think about not that gender mm-hmm. um and so i got confused by it at first and i was like oh that makes sense because of you know <laughs> <Yeah>. mental illness <laughs> yeah
2: yeah exactly exactly um all right so uh Okay, so, you know, Aster's writing this, wrote this movie. What'd you at least say of his writing?
0: I thought his writing was really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I don't think it's very easy to go from one manifestation of mental illness to another one, mm-hmm. to another one, mm-hmm. and these different different scenes, mm-hmm. and also show how a person's mind actually works because mm-hmm. the way he was jumping from like, like situation to situation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and some of the conversations that were happening, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, my brain does that," and this is how my brain rabbit holes into other,
1: mm,
2: okay,
0: like completely different topics, mm-hmm. and it's it's like the background noise that I hear all the time in my head on oh, okay. screen. I
2: got you, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Like it, it's and, and that's the thing. You can kind of like, I think I think one of the reasons people the people who, can, who first of all. The people who say this movie's hot garbage, those are people who I think just didn't fucking get it, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I think because honestly they didn't look at it at a deeper level. Like there's like there's like a beginning of the movie where it's in the trailer, but like not to really spoil that much. It's where he's walking through like seems like a chaotic city Mm -hmm. where random shit has happened people are like stabbing other people or dancing or like some weird shit right Mm -hmm. and you can kind of look at it as like well that's how he just views the world that's like when someone who's so anxiety ridden or mental illness Mm -hmm. everything is almost seen like as a threat or completely abnormal Mm -hmm. and they don't know how to process it and uh, And
0: you know what i feel like that sometimes (laughs) really yeah like you know how anxious i get Mm -hmm. and i'm like Worrying about money or whatever, and mm-hmm. then I'm like, I know I'm gonna lose this apartment within the next two years, and you're like, No, you're not. I'm mm. like, I'm going to fucking lose it. Yeah. Like, it's almost that type of chaos, like that mm. type of fear response. Yeah. Like, but he just shows it on the screen,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so a lot of people have said that for Joaquin Phoenix, who mm-hmm. had won an Oscar a couple of years ago, this is a career ender. Why? Like I said, people don't, the people who say this don't fucking get it.
0: No, they don't get it.
2: So, do you think this is a career ender for uh, Mr. Phoenix?
0: I do not. Uh, I do think it's going to be nominated for something. I think he uh, might be nominated, but I don't know if it'll win. But I think he might be because there's a lot.
2: That'd be interesting if he was nominated. Mm hmm. I feel like this movie's got to be nominated for something. I just well, can't think. Maybe it's also the,
0: like too indie not to be. <laughs>
2: well, it's A24. I mean, I A24 dominated the Oscars uh, this year for uh-huh. everything all at once. Um, maybe like editing? I think the editing is really fucking I
0: think great. editing will be definitely one. Yeah. Um, maybe I don't,
2: original score? I think the score is pretty good as well.
0: Maybe original screenplay, but... Oh. Ooh. But I feel like it would deserve it.
2: Oh yeah! Can you imagine that? Best original screenplay goes to "Bo is Afraid." All these like film nerds who are just like, fuck this movie With heads to <laughs> just <laughs> blow up and shit. Yeah, yeah. You know we can't we can't talk about the movie any further without getting no. to the spoiler section. So that's what we're gonna do now. Uh, we're gonna hop into the spoiler section. We're gonna talk about Arios oh uh, sorry Ari Aster's Bo is afraid, so if you don't want to be spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper right about now.
0: Hola. Hola. I just want to point out to you that For number four, under Mm -hmm. areas to cover, Mm -hmm. you put underlying message, if any, and did the movie hit its mar?
2: Mar? Oh, normally I copy and paste that. I guess I forgot to add the K to it.
0: And the closing parentheses. (sighs) Just putting me on
1: blast,
2: man. (laughs) Putting me on blast. Yeah. Um, Exactly. All right. So, hmm. Okay. what, What... you lead i I gotta write something down real quick
0: okay i it took me maybe about five minutes Mm -hmm. to figure out what the fuck was going on with bo Mm -hmm. because um he's talking to his therapist he's not really talking to his therapist Mm -hmm. his therapist is just kind of assuming he knows what what's wrong with bo Mm -hmm. he gives him medication Mm -hmm. he's like Make sure you take this with water. Always, and only water. No, he says
2: always with water.
0: He says only with water mm. and always with water. Mm.
2: I do. I, I don't mean to cut you off. But I do like that part where he takes the notepad and he's like, "Do you feel guilty about this?" And like, okay, kind of get to he goes guilty, <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like that's that's every answer's like that's every therapist. <laughs> no, no,
0: no, no, no. Uh, I think. <laughs> I think that's part of one of the the, the way that Bo actually uh, processes things. How, how do you mean? Because therapists usually write for a while if they're going to write anything Uh and they're not going to just write down the word guilty Uh i think that he probably saw the word guilty on the therapist tablet in his mind yeah
2: okay all right all right that makes sense okay yeah so
0: this is why i like the movie because Uh all these little visual representations and
2: like it's it's the way it's the way bo is viewing it like he's thinking in his head
0: and how other people view things Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. um so i feel like I feel like this movie kind of does things in like a, like you know how there are people who don't hear their thoughts.
2: Oh yeah, they just visualize them.
0: And then other people who can't visualize their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie does a a good job of, like covering all the bases. Mm, okay. Um.
2: You mean as in they can hear their thoughts and visualize the visualize? Th- I'm sorry, the movie covers the bases of visualizing and hearing thoughts, right? Is that mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Um. Mostly, I think, visualizing, though, because it's mm-hmm. hard to do a movie with, you know, the other way around. Yeah, it's
2: just like inner monologue and kind of bullshit. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, and they didn't do inner monologue yeah. or inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, If anything was said, it was always external, and I think they probably blurred that line a bit, and we just don't really notice it that much. Mm, yeah. Um. So with him and how he's interacting with his therapist, and then he's like, all right, I'm going to go... I gotta get ready to go to the airport because mm-hmm. I'm gonna go see my mom. Yeah, he has a missed call from her, mm-hmm. and I think it's funny how when he's finally ready to leave, the keys and
2: oh his suitcase, his suitcase are gone. Yeah, they're taken away or something.
0: After he had a night, a really weird fucking night.
2: <laughs> yeah, of like the next door neighbor like shooting notes underneath his like. Uh, underneath his door, like the crack of his door, like, please mm-hmm. turn off the music, even though there was, like, no music. Oh, no, please turn on the bass. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. There was no music in Bo's room, like, at all, playing.
0: Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just the bass. He, there were other notes that said, yeah. I told, I asked you to turn the volume down, you yeah, turn yeah. it up, like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Um, that could be taken two different ways, mm-hmm. because it could be seen as, um, how you f- how you think other people are viewing you when you mm-hmm. did nothing wrong and you're not guilty mm-hmm. that they're going to say these things
1: mm-hmm.
0: or he could have been totally fucking schizo which he kind of comes off that way in this movie anyways
1: yeah
0: and I, that's me not knowing how else to describe it so I'm sorry if I offend anyone who no, is yeah, schizophrenic yeah. so yeah. um anyways um he could have had music on but you don't hear it at all like like he's mm-hmm. not even recognizing that somehow yeah yeah so maybe he did and people were shooting notes under his door because yeah. then all of a sudden there is loud ass fucking music and where did that come from
2: yeah yeah okay i see i see where you're going i see where you're going with that yeah uh so one part that i definitely want to discuss is um uh, because uh, we were talking about like the direction the, visualiz- the visual <laughs>
0: visualization
2: visualization of like this movie um, to me one of the best representations of this or like the most beautiful set of scenes is the part where Bo was hearing this story and he like relates to this story and it's like a world that he wish he could live it's mm-hmm. almost like this world of like not everything is fucking crazy like I just have like a normal life I have kids some tragedy happens but I feel like the That part where like the tragedy starts happening, that's like his anxiety and his like kind of depression Mm -hmm. and um, his his worst critic with this with what is himself kind of gives the idea like you don't deserve this. All you deserve is pain. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: or like doomsday
1: thoughts
0: yeah yeah like things that didn't even happen are happening and then now Mm -hmm. you're thinking of other things that could happen
2: yeah yeah and it's during like the storytelling scene where he like watches us play and watching that i'm like this is what i've been waiting for like i mean first of all the movie the movie is amazing to begin with just like the crazy shit but when that kicks in i'm just like yes like give me more of that like hook that shit into my veins right Mm -hmm. now which i thought like i said i thought it was great i thought it was beautiful I feel like that should be nominated for something.
0: <laughs> it probably will be. Hopefully, yeah. Um. And when? <laughs> I thought it was funny because I think that's the reason why I had the dream last night that I did.
2: What was it? Your dream last night?
0: Um, I basically was being told by some bad person who actually was like a crime boss or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like a father with two sons Mm -hmm. that i basically had to take my children and try to safely secure them to this random ski lift type thing it wasn't a seat but it was more like you stand on the pedals Mm -hmm. and you hold on to the thing Oh, okay yeah so it's like over nothing they could just fall Mm -hmm. off fucking cliff like they're in spyro or some shit and and i was supposed to try and like attach them to this thing so mm. that i could do whatever the thing was that the crime boss wanted so mm. they weren't going to put them on the thing they wanted me to do it okay so i'm sitting here have to having to figure out should i put my youngest one on there first or my oldest one mm. because i felt like the older one was heavier it would make it more off balance but the okay. younger one like would be lighter uh. but then less experience so then it would make it harder for the older one to get wow, on. Wow, this
2: dream is very convoluted <laughs> as fuck.
0: It was like, how do you choose which child? And you're like trying to be all like engineering about it and shit. Uh,
1: uh.
0: Um, and then I woke up. But <laughs> but it felt like, like the end of the world for me.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Like there was nothing past that moment. I was just focused on which kid would I have to sacrifice? Yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus shit. (laughs) Uh,
1: But I think uh that
0: those scenes are kind of like partly what Mm -hmm. triggered that.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. I get you. Um, Okay. So, (laughs) so Ari Ari Aster had said, is it Ari or Ari? No idea. Uh, let's Let's go with Ari. Ari Aster had said that this is a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. okay um when I when I first watched it I there were moments where I was like oh, that's pretty funny that's pretty funny right it wasn't until the second time I watched it that I was laughing my ass off mm-hmm. like really laughing at it um did you feel that way did you did you see the horror comedy elements in this movie no mm-hmm.
0: I think I take um, since I took the view of mental illness mm-hmm. and I almost feel like I take that <clears throat> too seriously to find it funny mm-hmm Maybe if I review, like rewatched it, mm-hmm. then I would probably maybe laugh. I don't know, but mm-hmm. there were times you were laughing, and I was like, "No, he's totally fucked up. Like that's mm-hmm. not funny."
2: <laughs> I think, <clears throat> I think some of the stuff that I was like really laughing at, it was like situational comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like certain awkward moments and stuff like that. Um, like I remember, I remember the scene where the family he was living with. Or the family that was trying to keep them, like, in that house,
0: like that movie with um, that that lady, Jesus Christ, the lady with the sledgehammer, or whatever. Oh, misery.
2: Yeah. Okay. Like misery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like the part where like the mother of the house, her daughter like drinks paint and dies and shit like that, and Bo like like she grabs she like the mother try to grabs like her army sons. Her dead army sounds like sword, his marine sword, or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and but I was like, ah, and like hops out, like jumps through, through the, the window. window. <laughs> yeah, that part I was like, ah, that's so funny. But it's like, it's following like a fucked up tragedy where a girl essentially like kills herself, and so I'm like,
0: <laughs> I think once you get past the trauma of the things uh, that he's going through and mm-hmm. how he's processing it. Mm-hmm it's not as uh heavy after you watch it the first time so yeah. i think probably it would be funnier the second time
2: yeah because you're able to like well like me for example i was able to like process a lot of the stuff that happened like the, like because i saw the trauma side I saw like as a as a person who was raised by a single mother it's kind of a i don't want to say it's an unhealthy relationship but it has i have some issues between her and i and the way i was treated um or how we treat each other it's you know it's both side kind of thing um so, so some of those traumas that he goes through, like the anxiety and kinda of like like you said, like that phone call where he's like, Hi 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 Karen, looking forward to hearing you. All right, seeing you. Okay, call you I'll uh, call you later. Bye. Love you. Like like the like there are scenes where he's like the camera's on Walking Phoenix and he just has the phone and he's talking to his mom and he tells his mom that he can't make it because his keys were stolen, his briefcase was stolen, and you can just Well, his luggage. Oh, his like his luggage, his luggage is stolen. You could just hear the frustration on the other side you can just visualize it like she's like gripping the phone tight like those because there's like two of those scenes that happen no there's the there's the one with the mother and then another one with the guy who's bill hater oh. <laughs> that was bill Hader. like if he's when you saw him you like recognize him but when he's like you know there's a body here and everything and the camera's like pushing close onto joaquin phoenix's face to me, those were the most intense moments because, mm-hmm. like, I've been in that I've been in situations on the phone, like, "What's happening? Like, tell me what's going on, like, all that kind of shit," mm-hmm. or being on the phone with my mother, like, like just hearing <laughs> like the disappointment in her voice. Yeah, um,
0: I think for sure mm-hmm. the the call with the UPS driver was like the most intense one, mm-hmm. just because you. It's like the your imagination gets away with you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And you don't know what's going on either. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you're like, well, is she dead or
2: isn't she? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And you're like, maybe she's not, like, maybe I did call the wrong number, even though it's like programmed to your phone. Maybe I just happened to call
1: something.
0: <laughs> Speaking of phones, uh-huh. the consistent inconsistencies thing I was saying,
1: uh-huh.
0: you ever notice that there were a couple of times where he would call somebody mm-hmm. and it would ring? Okay and you would get like um a a, like a you know this number can't be dialed or whatever Mm
2: -hmm, yeah or like the the mailbox is full or something like that Mm -hmm. okay
0: so you would get like the mailbox is full Uh and then it would act like you didn't pay your bill so you're getting that like
2: oh and that happened to him a
0: couple times where it was like no clearly his phone is fucking working yeah so why is that happening?
2: You think maybe it's like a mental block or something like that?
0: Yeah, there are a lot of those. Like yeah. um like his mother's last name and his last name is Wasserman, but they uh. live in the town of Wasterman.
2: Oh yeah, that's true. Like yeah. Wasterman? Yeah. With a T. I can't tell you, I viewed that as like um like the funeral the funeral scene, um, like when he walks into the house and the fir- the funeral ceremony has already ended. uh uh-huh. Um and there's uh, they don't show. It's like a recording, but it's like a reverend or something like that, or someone who's uh, leading the ceremony, where that person speaks very highly of Bo's mom, but mm-hmm. he like knows how his mother really is. Mm-hmm. That's that kind of thing, and I and I'll, I'll come back to the, the sign thing. That's that kind of thing where like your parent, your parents' personality is completely different when they're around people mm-hmm. like coworkers or something like that. Like I remember one time I went to my mom's job to like drop off her lunch because she forgot it and i had nothing going on that day i was like let me just go ahead and drop it off for her yeah. and i met a couple of her coworkers, and they were like oh she's the sweetest lady in the world she's so nice all that stuff and i'm like you don't fucking know her
0: <laughs> i grew up with kids that were yeah. like my mom is not the same person she'll be nice to you if you come yeah. over but just know that if i tell you she's an asshole to me uh-huh. she is
2: <laughs> yeah so the, the whole sign thing is like maybe the entire town sees her as like this holier than thou she would be she like she's so great we're gonna name the town after her and shit like that uh-huh. while like Bo comes in sees her body and comes to find out this is like all of in this huge way of like fucking with him from like the from uh, the mother's perspective mm. so I don't know that's, that's how I was kind of viewing that shit
0: well I didn't view it as the town was named after her I, th- I it was well, like well not,
2: not, not like literally named after her but like she's so great that the town might as well name it after her cause everybody in the town loves her
0: yeah um then there were times where he'd be talking and mm-hmm. the the visual like you could see his mouth moving but what he was what you could hear wasn't matching up with what you saw. Mm-hmm. So that was another thing that I was like, oh that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um and the whole thing about that girl Elaine was really fucking weird.
2: Oh <laughs> go on, how was it weird?
0: <laughs> Multiple ways. <laughs> okay. Like, he had this picture of this little girl with uh, some writing on the back of it. Mm,
2: saying, like, like, wait for me or something like that. Yeah, mm. and then
0: he, like, remembers his cruise and, like, his mom was being weird about, like, do you like her?
2: Yeah, like, a woman has to be great. Um, a woman has to be great or has to reach your caliber. Or, like like, this weird, uncomfortable, like, nature between the two.
0: Yeah, and also, you know they like, in the same bed together? Yeah. Like, that's a thing. Uh-huh. Um, but also, like, she was like, yeah, like, you're totally okay to, like, date this girl if you yeah. think she's worth your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, she, on the other hand, she's like, if you come, you will die. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. <laughs>
0: like, so he's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, like, he doesn't emote very well anyway. Uh-huh. So, like, it just seems like he's not connecting you don't you can't tell if he likes her or not anyway because he just doesn't show anything Mm -hmm. um there's a dead body in the pool when they're when they're um Mm -hmm. with each other like on that ship takes a picture of her with the dead body because that's what she wanted
2: yeah um i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you up because i I actually had a i actually have a theory about that but go um
0: and then uh And then, you know, her mother's like, I'm taking you off the ship. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't see her for like a really long time. And then Mm -hmm. he sees her randomly on the TV Mm -hmm. talking about his mother. Like, it's just like one of those things where it's like your mind loops people into situations that don't exist Mm -hmm. when you're dreaming or like Mm -hmm. how you're thinking about things.
2: So, so I think, I think Bo, I think Bo was like. Like when we first see Elaine, like in that picture, the Elaine character in the picture, um, he like looks at her and the camera like Seth It's like set on his reaction or what he's staring at, or his face as he's staring at the picture, and you can tell there's like an emotional connection to it. Like he thinks about her often, right? And when you see the when you see the picture, it's very. She's like smiling. She has her hand on her hip. It's a sunny day. It's in front of the pool. It's and he remembers it like oh, this is the girl I fell in love with. You know I. I had my first kiss with her. She said, "Wait for me," like all that kind of stuff, right? But as we go further into the movie, it's the whole reality of like she's not really that good of a person. Like the whole how how reality is different from his expectation. Um, like for example, the, the dead body part and how she's like, "Take a take a picture of me with the dead body in the background," you mm-hmm. know, or like when he like sees her at the funeral, and it's this very sweet moment, like Nina Simone. Um, Nina Simone was playing in the background. I can't remember the name of the song. Um, what? It just made me think of Mariah Carey. Oh. <laughs> so, but, like, I remember watching that, and it was this very, like, beautiful moment. He has been thinking about this woman all this time, right? Obviously, he has, like, this emotional connection with her. That's, like, the love of his life. And it's this very sweet moment of, like, you know, Elaine, Bo, like, they're, like, they have, like, this share quietness. He, like, kisses her, which is... Which is like opposite of how it was when they first met. When she kissed him first and he was like, I'm going to kiss you this time.
0: Mm-hmm. He
2: finally sees you. He went through all this hell and everything. And
0: he's like, and I waited
2: for you. Exactly, right? And she's like, oh, can we go inside? And she oh, she goes inside. She's like, where's the bed? <laughs> yeah. Where are the lines at? Like, it's this whole realization. It was just like, it's not like how it is, man. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not like that at all. And she even like goes to the mother's room. She like puts on her earring. She like looks for candles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be like this very sweet... It's a very sweet love-baking moment.
0: It's so fucking funny. And clearly it's not, because Mark's cracking up.
2: It's so fucking funny. It's like, she's like, he's like, Bo's like, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get these words out. Bo's like, um, you know, he's like very hesitant. He's like, I've never done this before. And she's like, she's like, you're you're, you're really, she's a like, Vir- virile?
0: Uh-huh. Like oh yeah, she's like you have a lot of virility.
2: Yeah, yeah. And she he's like what? And he's like, You're like super hard and she like jumps on him <laughs> and it's no way like romantic or sweet like how you picture it. <laughs> and she's on top of him and he's like, No, no,
1: stop.
2: <laughs> that shit is so fucking funny because he thought he was gonna die <laughs> he's gonna die like his mom was like first of all, his mom has a very inappropriate conversation with him as a kid like your your father died on top of me while still inside me like no no child wants to hear that no matter if they're a kid or an adult you don't want ugh, it's just no you don't want to hear that shit um but yeah he's like oh and then he like he like he comes and he <laughs> he's like Oh my God, I didn't die. <laughs> I didn't die. And then it's like this moment of like, oh my God, like I didn't die. Oh, I can live my life. And it's then in- it's almost like she dies. Well, no, it's like it's interrupt. It's in a way, it's interrupted when she's like, All right, I want to come now. <laughs> and like the sexiness is gone, like all that kind of stuff, right? Uh-huh. And not not only but not only just with that, but the fact that Mariah Carey is playing in the background,
0: and she stops it and starts it over, <laughs> yeah.
2: and then yeah, she like comes and then she dies, and but then she's frozen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's frozen. He freaks out and everything, and come to find out, like the mom is not dead she's been like pulling like this whole long game on him and shit like that
0: first of all his and mother- people like carry her out of the yeah. room so, all
2: frozen <laughs> the, the thing that the mother said it's like very haunting to me where she's like oh i saw everything it's like Ugh, you don't want to hear your parents say that like, uh, I, I saw everything you did with her or him you filthy dog or whatever yeah. shit like that um i remember
0: one time my mom found my diary and it was like oh. personal stuff and she goes i'm disappointed in you and i don't think i can ever see you the same again
2: she read it mm-hmm. that's some fuck that i can
0: i'm if all you
2: kill, if you want to kill trust with your child do that
0: oh i'm all for like reading things mm-hmm. i do that every once in a while with mine and they know i have a right to but i also view it with a lens of like this is the age that they're at mm-hmm. they're not Really doing anything wrong? Everything yeah. is a learning moment, like a like yeah, a teaching yeah, moment. Yeah. You teach them stuff.
2: Yeah, you don't want to like. And I understand. I get you too. Like, I don't get me wrong. I, I would do this saying for my for my child, but I wouldn't ever look at it as like I'm disappointing you. Like, what's, what's yeah? Wrong like, oh, you?
0: you're having these sexual feelings. You're disgusting. Yeah, thanks. Would, yeah, thank
2: you, mom. I mean, yeah, no way of like that's in no way going to like affect your child mentally for the rest of their <laughs> life. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, so we got to talk about the attic scene real quick. Yeah. The giant, giant penis. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think that meant?
0: <laughs> what did I think it meant? Yeah.
2: The giant penis in the attic. <laughs> and when, and when, I, when I say giant, I'm underselling it. It's fucking huge, and it's a monster. Literally, it's like... Blah, blah.
0: What else was up in that attic?
2: It was his father... And, and I didn't realize this until the second time I watched him. It wasn't just his father. It was him in the attic.
0: Okay. So, my thing is, like, that's the inner, basically, the crux of his issues mm-hmm. is the attic. Yeah. And that's why his mother's like, I don't want you to go up there or yeah, whatever. Yeah, And he finally gets in there. and She's like, now you know the truth.
2: Yeah. And, and it, like, still shames him for it and shit like that for just even being curious or trying to find out.
0: yeah. So it's like the all the mental blocks have been lifted, and now mm. he's in there with his giant penis mm. and his father, and like all these things mm. and um so the 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 penis is like one of the the biggest fucking things that is mm. um a factor in his life, like how his mother would talk to him about his father, you know, and like he'll die if he has an orgasm and all these things, yeah, and
2: how that's like affected him sexually where like like to the point where his balls are like literally swollen like throughout yeah. the movie.
0: Yeah. Which I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Um but then it starts stabbing itself in the balls?
2: No, no, no. That was the that was the the military guy um oh, that yeah, the, the military. family sent, which I I think I think with with
0: Oh yeah, that's uh, right. You're right.
2: With, with that guy coming in, that was like this is supposed to be man, blah, 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 blah. And he's still, his manhood is still attacked because he's not man enough or something like that. That's how I was kind of taking that.
0: I was taking it that way kind of too, but I also was like, um, because my my whole thing is that usually when people think of like body dysmorphia or like, like if you think about those men who like kill strippers and they like tear out their uterus or like Mm -hmm. chop off their boobs or some shit, like, that type of mutilation is usually seen as like mm. men hating women. hmm And I felt like in a turn mm. this is like him hating himself. Mm-hmm. Because he has basically he's imagining then like, like this guy like stabbing him in the balls.
2: Yeah. And it's like this this con this constant like impending view of how people see manhood like you know muscular man and killing machines and stuff like that that's like actually like constantly chasing them throughout the movie Mm -hmm. um which honestly i didn't think about it i didn't think of it like that until now once again (laughs) movie's fucking brilliant yeah um
0: there's always someone chasing him yeah exactly like the homeless guy there's a couple of homeless people that were Mm -hmm. always chasing him Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then when he finally got um to gail's house Mm -hmm. then they wouldn't let him leave it's like he ran Mm -hmm. ran ran and then he couldn't fucking get out he was stuck
1: yeah
2: um so one thing i've i've heard compare i've heard this compared to which i I totally see it is um like a twisted version of the truman show did you ever watch the truman show no you were going to show that to me okay so Um, I mean, this is no secret at all. It's in the trailer. Jim Carrey plays a guy who is essentially born in this manufactured world, uh, for viewing, uh, for people to view. Like it's like it's a commentary on like reality shows, um, but for people to view for their entertainment, that he lives his life like a like a normal person goes to work. Uh, goes to work, has breakfast, go on walks, has a wife and everything like that. But he's unaware that everybody's watching him. They have cameras all over the place, right? And as the movie progresses, he starts realizing, like, his world is not what he thinks it is. He mm. re- he starts realizing, oh, my God, I'm on a TV show. And he tries to escape, right? So the end of the movie has this, ca- has this big reveal that his mother, this has been this entire thing of his mom, like, fucking with him. That mm-hmm. has been, like, watching him the entire time. And they give little instances of, like of it happening Mm -hmm. like the part where like um i'm trying to see what was the wife's name uh grace the mother of the of the household that he was in Mm -hmm. uh she's like she tells him like i'll turn channel 78 and he sees like the cameras like watching him right Mm -hmm. and he like fast forwards and he's like sees like different parts of his life or his adventure going on and then at the end there's like he's literally in a stadium people are watching him and there's like jumbotrons jumbotrons like above him, right mm-hmm. and his mother one his mom's got a lot of power to pull that off like the next day yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like this is show like the level of manipulation and this whole idea of like mother's always watching me
1: mm-hmm. kind
2: of like fucked up thing and she feels she feels like she's been done wrong mm-hmm. you know which is like I know that's something that like parents do I yeah. give all my heart and soul, and you still treat me like shit. And it's as simple as like it's uh, like as the therapist said, um, the love is conditional. Mm-hmm. But this is like ramped up to like a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so. um,
0: who was the guy who made? Um, I'm thinking of ending things.
2: Oh, it's Charlie Kaufman. Okay. I've I've heard people compare that to this as well.
0: That's what I'm. I was thinking about that when you brought up the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, that it has similar themes.
2: Mm-hmm. I got you. Um, Okay, so we're going a bit long in this review or in the spoiler section. Um, One do you have anything else to add?
0: I think you should watch the movie.
2: Oh, so you highly would you highly recommend it?
0: I highly recommend it, and then everyone's Mm going to hate me for
2: not for them not
0: liking the movie. Uh But I really think that you know, if you really study the movie, you like it.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like I said, there have been a ton of reviewers who just who just. Don't get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. There's, I'm sorry. There's a bunch of reviewers who say they hate it, and I feel like they just don't get it. And this is a movie. It's like, don't come in expecting like a, regular, a, like a regular like a regular through line of a plot. Like A lot of weird shit happens. And it's really one of those movies that you have to like really take your time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Like Honestly, I, after watching it the first time, and I was like, all right, got to watch it again with Kelsey. I was kind of dreading of sitting down for three hours watching it again. But as soon as the movie started, I was like... Oh, I'm going to enjoy this again. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to really enjoy this shit. Um, so, yeah, my end, I, I highly recommend it as well. Good. All right. What do we got
0: next? Next, we're going to do our Obscene and Obscure. So, we decided this week to do Dead Alive... Which is also known as, as Brain Dead, mm-hmm. um, which came out in
1: 1992
0: mm-hmm. um, because it has, you know, a mommy issues theme. And uh, it's a Peter Jackson film, which is one of Mark's favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and the synopsis is a young man's mother is bitten by a Sumatron. Oh, Sumatran, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sumatran rat monkey. She gets sick and dies, at which time she comes back to life, killing and eating dogs, nurses, friends, and neighbors. Uh, directed by Peter Jackson, written by Steven Sinclair, Fran Walsh, and Peter Jackson. It stars Timothy Baum, like Baum, I think, uh, Diana uh, Penalver, and, <laughs> and
2: Elizabeth Moody. Um... All right, so one of the reasons we decided to bring up this movie is it's another mommy-issue movie. (laughs) You know, we got that thing going on. Um, So Kelsey and I are just going to kind of muse over this film. Uh, First of all, I'll just start off and say I absolutely love this movie. Every time I watch it, I'm like, God damn, this is such a great movie. Like, It's like up there. Peter Jackson movies and shit mm-hmm. like that. Uh, what would be better than Meet the Feebles? Because I think it's the one I most revisit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so let's go ahead and try to dissect this movie. Um, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think this movie is trying to say, Kelsey?
0: Um, I, I think that uh, Lionel, mm-hmm. who's the the son in the movie, mm-hmm. who's the main character,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he spends his time trying to hold everything together. Mm-hmm. And never does what he wants to do. Never gets to think what he wants to think.
2: Yeah, always doing it for mother.
0: Yep. So even though there's like this zombie apocalypse going on, all he can think about is like, no, I don't want my mother to die, and like, yeah,
2: or I don't, I don't, I don't want my mother to have a to get a bad rap in town.
0: Right, and then also like he'll put his thoughts and feelings for Paquita mm-hmm. uh, to the
2: side. Yeah, I mean, and it's 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 actually funny because like. The whole romance between the two, like one of the reasons why I think I really love this movie, is it doesn't really follow a typical formula where there's the love interest and then there's a guy and there's his love interest, right? Or the lead and their love interest. Um, And the movie doesn't really spend time trying to like build that up or convince us that like they're supposed to be together. At the beginning, like near the beginning, they're like, boom, they're together. They're like starting relationship. It seems very beautiful, and it's kind of like how the mother just slowly just like uh, what's the word infects the guy's world, like mm-hmm. literally and figuratively infects the guy's world. Yeah. Uh, so it's like a great like different look at a toxic relationship with your mother. It, it's apparently.
0: not even just mother. I think it's authority in general.
2: Oh yeah, like the, like because the, uh, I think
0: about all the types of people that are in his basement.
2: That is true. That is true. There's, there's the nurse, but the nurse was like, I didn't, I didn't really get a bad rap from the nurse, but like there's the there's like the priest that was like talk our bishop or whatever talking mad shit about the son and saying like, oh he has an unhealthy shit with his mother or he's god in his life, mm-hmm. and then there's like the bullies that like attack him when he's trying to like uh dig his mother up and shit like that Mm -hmm. so it is like a form of like authority or like of being bullied and stuff like that
0: yeah um but i don't even think that the nurse necessarily had to have like a bad uh bad vibe or whatever Mm -hmm. i mean she did kind of she was just someone else who was taking care of his mother that cut it's like that fortifying thing where Mm -hmm. like yeah if you don't necessarily like your parent that much if there's somebody else in their corner then you feel like less like uh, less than you know what i mean yeah, like I gotcha. you must be wrong or yeah, whatever yeah okay i gotcha um so
2: and that can even be said um about the uncle uh who wow, what's the uncle's name oh uncle Les, who played my eden watkin um He's like a, he's like a personification of like this is what it feels like to be a real man and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Even though it's like a very disgusting way, like he tries to like rape his girlfriend like a couple times and shit. Like, like
0: basically that. any woman that he likes.
2: Yeah, exactly. And he's like this like dirtbag pig who probably has all of the STDs.
0: Yeah, <laughs> his toupee was crooked and then it fell off. <laughs> yeah.
2: <right>? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, one of the things this movie's really known for, it's, like, the gore factor. mm mm-hmm. uh, This movie came out in 1992. It's a New Zealand... I believe this is a New Zealand-produced film. Uh, it's gory as fuck. Uh, Kelsey, what's your opinion on the gore factor?
0: Um, this movie is both great and disgusting at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because, like, the gore factor isn't as much like, oh, there's a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. Um... Like Dead Alive. Not Dead Alive. Like uh, Evil Dead. Yeah. There's a lot of blood. Mm. But this one's more like like oozy and like... Pussy. Pussy yeah. and like, you know, bubbly, like mm. slime the entire time.
2: Yeah. And like...
0: Even the baby looks slimy and gross.
2: The zombie baby?
0: Yeah. And it was born <laughs> like. with teeth. And then I like the <laughs> fact when... It- when it's in the park, <laughs> yeah. When it's in the carriage or he's holding it, it's small. When it's running, it's fucking huge. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's
2: a little person, like in the costume and everything. But they
0: couldn't get their like their perspective to match. <laughs> oh, I, and I think know. he's like, you know what? This is perfect. I like it that way.
2: Just keep it. Yeah, from what I read, um, uh, this movie had like maybe a forty-five million dollar budget. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, and, that's and a lot. And it was under budget. I think he, I think Peter jackson got about like thirty-five million dollars mm-hmm. or he he used 45 million dollars to make the movie mm-hmm. um so what he did is he actually like reshot no he didn't reshot he added the park scene
1: mm-hmm.
2: um just because he had the extra money and I believe from what I read that was like his favorite scene to shoot in the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> That's and funny. it's and it's totally worth it it's like played up in a full comical comical way where like um uh what's homeboy's name uh Lionel has to like chase this zombie baby Uh and when he like gets a he gets a hold of it he like punches it like kicks it yeah he gets
0: it in a bag and then he's punching the bag yeah
2: exactly and it's in no way it's it's it's, in no way it's offensive because this movie is like silly as shit it like knows what it is Mm
1: -hmm.
2: um so so going back to the whole like core factor um this movie doesn't shy away from like doing these fisheye lens shots or these close up shots of the gore, mm-hmm. which I think adds like another level of just like ew because you're just so <laughs> you feel so close to it.
0: Yeah. Also, the way the the bodies parts separate from each other mm-hmm. throughout the entire film. Like if someone gets cut in the in the torso, like you can see the skin ripping apart,
1: but
2: mm-hmm. then
0: you can see the spine coming out too. Yeah,
2: yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Um, this movie is super creative when it comes to, like, how the zombies function or, like, how they're um, taken apart and stuff like that. Like, like for example, there was the nurse who, um, there was a nurse that the mother killed. She, like, jammed her fingers into her face mm-hmm. and was, like, stretching out her skin uh-huh. and, like, pulled the neck back and, like, it split in half. Uh-huh. But that kept being, like, a running gag. Like, at one point, um, the nurse gets... Uh, I, I forgot custard. I guess that she's eating custard or some shit. I
0: think it's supposed to be eggs with tranquilizer.
2: No, no, like the food is supposed to be something. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be like custard or something like that, Maybe. or some type of like pudding. Um, and she like eats it, and it like squeezes out of his out of her neck. It's like. <laughs> <coughs> Out of, everything, out of everything that's gross, I think that's the one thing that grossed me out the most.
0: It's funny. Her head is basically a lid for her neck. Uh-huh. So it snaps back. Yeah. And then her neck is exposed like the inside. And then when you put her head back, mm. then it's just a slit. <laughs>
2: um, one of the things that I also think this makes this movie so, so great um, is apart from like the zombies, there's this action set piece where this bishop out of nowhere knows kung fu (laughs) like and what does he say i kick ass for the lord
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and i and
2: i use that but it's
0: funnier because of the accent he uses i I
2: kick ass for the lord (laughs) (laughs) and he's not like throwing jabs he's like straight roundhouse roundhouse kicking he's like Cane, karate cane kicks or whatever shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um And it, like, said, it happens out of nowhere, but it fits in the context of, like, the ridiculous nature of the movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you turn to look at the cat.
0: Well, because she's just staring at nothing. <laughs> Pocket. Um, Hi, mamas. Every time you're like, oh, okay. I mean, not every time. It's only a second time. Mm-hmm. But basically, anytime you're like, let's watch a Peter Jackson film. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch it (laughs) because of Meet the Feebles. Oh, because of Meet the Feebles? Yeah. Even though I saw Mm -hmm. this one before, I Mm -hmm. still had that feeling of I don't want to watch it.
1: Mm. Because,
0: I one, you know my tendency to like forget films. Yeah. And I mostly did this one, even though I know I enjoyed it the first time. Like, Mm -hmm. mostly Peter Jackson is synonymous with Meet the Feebles to me. Well. (laughs) Because
2: that's the first thing I've ever seen. I know. That's my (laughs) fault. Because a lot of people, they, when they think of Peter Jackson, they think of Lord of the Rings or mm. like King Kong or something like that. But the people who are like really into this stuff, obviously they go with Bad Taste, mm. brain Dead, or Meet the Feebles. And I think it's funny. And you know what? And that's my fault. I All think
0: right, it would have been fault. different if we had watched it together.
2: Meet the Feebles? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But you were like in some kind of weird, cranky ass mood. And well, then I, you I, went to sleep and I'm like... Okay, I I'm stuck I, with this movie. I
2: thought I left to go take care of something.
0: No, you went to you fell asleep.
2: Oh, okay. Maybe because I watched it so many times, I was like, yeah, this, <laughs> this is my warm milk. <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, If anything, I, I apologize because I believe I did you a disservice by not having you watch like his more highly acclaimed stuff, mm-hmm. or even like, uh, oh, what was a movie? I think it's called like Ginger Snaps or something like that. He did like this really good horror film. Or, or even, even like, uh, even like his. Uh, let me see. Mortal is not so good. What is it? Oh, the lovely. No, not the lovely bones.
0: I feel like this mm-hmm. film. I don't. I honestly don't know what feel, What fits inside this genre? But mm-hmm. I feel like it's borderline trauma.
2: Heavenly heavenly creatures. That's the one. That's a lot of people know were introduced to peter jackson by heavenly creatures which um it's a good movie it's not my cup of tea i was introduced uh to peter jackson by the frighteners oh okay now that that's a good that's a it's a it's michael j fox without being martin mcfly mm-hmm. and it's it's him as an older as an older individual I thought that's a really good movie yeah um but i'm sorry what, what was it that you that you said oh <laughs> I, uh.
0: I said i don't know uh. The bounds of the genre, or what oh. what really makes it up, but I feel like this movie is like borderline trauma.
2: Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a comedy, fantasy, horror film. Mm-hmm. And trauma is known for being comedy and horror. And with some fantasy elements. Mm-hmm. So that that makes sense. I can I can see.
0: What well, but what is trauma? Like you showed me a trauma movie, but I don't understand what makes trauma.
2: Uh. Th- the trashiness of it,
1: so uh, what, like the,
0: Meet the Feebles. Yeah, like well, I f- feel like, like some of this stuff, mm-hmm. like even this movie, is trauma because of the, the like the horror, and the.
2: Well, okay, when it comes to trauma, tra- traumas are very the, trauma films. They're very low budget, like super low budget, right? Um, they are grotesque. They're not necessarily super violent, um, but there's like an art form to the grotesque nature of it. Um, uh, they tend to take a, a story and flip it on its head or take a topic and flip it on its head. Like, for example, Toxic Avenger*, right? Super, it's, a, it's you can consider it like a superhero film,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? But it's based in New Jersey. First of all, what the fuck? Okay. Second of all, second of all is... The, the the character Toxic Avenger became a hero because he fell in a bat of, a bat of acid, mm-hmm. and not in a cool way like a Spider Man or Daredevil kind of way. No, his body literally started melting away, mm-hmm. and he's he's like this grotesque like mutated monster. But he he has, he he's not like that. He it's it's a sen- it's a case of don't judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. So there are like hidden me- messages about it that takes like a lens on like how people view other people in society
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, but that's the thing a lot of people who watch trauma films they just think like they're gross they're nasty they're disgusting and stuff like that um, a perfect example is like and Juliet right mm-hmm. it's grotesque it's pervert it's perverted there's that fucked up twist at the end but if anything it, it crosses the boundaries of what is considered love
1: mm-hmm. and
2: like establish yourself as like a good person right Um, Peter Jackson <laughs> Peter Jackson's brain dead or dead alive whatever you want to call it it's about a man like growing out of his mother's shadow like becoming actually becoming a man and like it's escaping the confines of his of his mother's world
0: i think you upsell Trumio and juliet a little it's bit it's a great movie i know it's no no no, no not that uh-huh. you're like oh it's you know like expanding the bounds of love uh uh-huh. you mean about the guy who was trying to fuck his daughter
2: no, that's the thing. <laughs> Not that part. <laughs> Not that part, but the relationship between Tromeo and Juliet, you know? Uh-huh. And that whole reveal about them. Uh-huh. And it's like, it might be like ew, but it's like, no, no. They still love each other.
0: Like But you said ew and I said
2: and I, I said I, I said it's ew because of how the kids look after. <laughs>
0: No, but you were surprised of what I said about it. What did and you say about it? You got to remind. That me. I thought it was sweet. <laughs> like
2: because I was cuz anybody else who I've shown this movie they're like, "Oh," like they're freaked out by, it. but you were just like, "That's sweet." And that was that was me going, "Oh."
1: <laughs>
0: to do our geriatric cinematic of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho.
2: Here we have a quiet little motel tucked away off the main highway,
1: and as you see, perfectly harmless looking, when in fact, it has now become
2: known as the scene of the crime.
0: This film came out in 1960 and the synopsis is a Phoenix secretary embezzles $40,000 from her employer's client, goes on the run and checks into a remote hotel or motel run by a young man under the domination of his mother, directed by Alfred Hitchcock and written by Joseph Stefano. Um, it stars Anthony Perkins, Vera Miles, John Gavin, Janet Leigh, and Martin Bussam uh american psycho 1960 uh so-
2: not american psycho psycho oh sorry psycho <laughs> psycho my bad I, I said that earlier too um when i was thinking about it i was like oh yeah we're doing american psycho Shit, no. Psycho. okay uh <laughs>
0: i mean they are americans and she you know
2: they are psychos yeah i believe this was the f- movie that started the slasher film genre mm-hmm um i believe it's it's the movie so
0: janet lee is like the, the
2: the the like mother or like the grand if you want to say the grandmother of like slasher films
0: i would say mother because then mm. her daughter becomes a scream queen
2: yeah <laughs> the daughter of slash films i was oh, such slasher slasher films <laughs>
1: the daughter of slash films. Yeah, yeah
2: the f- slasher website exactly <laughs> um kelsey so no i gotta say what i gotta say anyway Love this movie. Grew up watching it.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, fantastic film.
0: Huh.
2: No one gives a shit about what I think. Mm-hmm. Most important part is, what does Kelsey think about this?
0: I like this movie.
2: This was your, if I remember correctly, this is your second viewing, all right?
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, because Kelsey and I saw this at like a rooftop cinema event. Like six
0: uh, years ago or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah,
2: and it was like the first time you had ever like watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you like about this one?
0: Um, I like how... They kind of portrayed, like, you think about things in the 1960s, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't know that this film actually was set in the 60s. It seemed like it was set in, like, the 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get an idea that women at that time were ever treated with any kind of respect, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And the fact that she's set up at, like, this job where it seems like they trust her,
2: um, I'm talking about uh, Marine King, the Marine Can't Crane character. Marion? Yeah, sorry, yeah. Marion, yeah, Marion Crane.
0: Yeah. She um, she works at this job, but it seems like it's okay. Yeah, it, it seems like... like it she sh- has the ability it, to, like, have a car and, like, pay her bills and stuff. Yeah,
2: she's a secretary, which was, like, a common thing around that time. Like, most women were, like, secretaries and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Um, she's also, like, seeing a guy on the side who's married. Mm-hmm um and i guess the whole crux of the film is was he married yeah
2: oh that's no that was his ex-wife i remember that because he i think
0: he was in the middle of a divorce so it's not yeah he was still married because they had to wait for like some things to pass by
2: Oh, okay well he mentioned like the album that she was getting alimony
0: yeah he was like I think he was saying something about alimony but there was something else.
2: It was cuz like his it was his father's business that was in debt and he was in debt as well.
0: Okay, so yeah. So he was just worried about the money. Yeah. Um so that's why he didn't want to like marry her or be in a relationship with her for real. Yeah,
2: cuz they'd be like broke as fuck and all yeah. that kind of stuff, yeah.
0: So um So that's the whole crux of the film. Mm-hmm. It starts with her realizing they don't have the money to be together. Mhm. So she steals money from her boss's client because he just hands her for forty thousand dollars and says, "Put this in the bank."
2: Yeah, babe, might as well slap her in her ass and like Yeah, he was just sexually harassing her the entire time.
0: Yep, and um, she just takes off with the money. Mm-hmm. What I like is the so what I liked about it was the progressive nature of like her job basically mm-hmm. for that time, mm-hmm. and she just takes off mm-hmm. like she. I don't understand the whole cop thing.
2: I don't really. It's, it just adds a little tension yeah. and everything with like it. Which, which this movie, um, it plays off as like kind of like a robbery movie, but like a robbery for good, you know, that she's like, oh, I, I want to start this life and this is the thing I have to do. You know, I'm always looking over my shoulder, but like, you know, I, I'm doing this for love and shit like that.
0: I, I don't, th- I think that they could have been. They could have added suspense a different way. Mm, I, okay. I didn't like the cop. I don't think it needed it. Mm-hmm. I hated that that storyline. Okay. Jesus Christ. Fuck.
2: It's like somebody dropped a bowling ball upstairs. I think they dropped their phone from a high distance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, when she gets to the motel, though, that's when like the story really starts getting good. Mm-hmm. And um, I like how wholesome...
2: The Norman Bates is. Mm-hmm. He comes off as a. He comes off as a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Like even offering to like make her dinner. He's like, oh, it's the sandwiches, but like just have dinner with me. Mm-hmm. And it almost can turn into like. I mean, if you don't like, I like because I can picture the people watching this for the first time, and they're gonna think like, oh, she's gonna find love elsewhere. She got the money. Maybe they'll end up together and they'll run this motel together and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it slowly starts breaking apart, like, with the whole mother issue. Mm-hmm. And there's even that part during the conversation where Janet Lee's character is like, well, maybe you should put your mom in the, somewhere where she can get the help she needs. And he's like, why would I do that? Mm-hmm. You know, especially that line, uh, a man's best friend is his mother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or I might say boy, a boy's best friend. But you, you get the gist of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. I like the the tension that you get from basically the moment she gets to the motel. Yeah, yeah, is really well, really well written, mm-hmm. and um, the fact that he can see her through the wall, like I think you notice that pretty
2: quickly. Oh yeah, dirtbag right there! Like, oof!
0: Like he's not as nice as you would think. Mm-hmm. It's funny because it's like, oh yeah, he's a nice guy. Like, aren't all men nice guys? I
2: know, right? They all <laughs> they all start off as nice guys, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, and then uh, you know it slowly devolves from there, and mm-hmm. I think one of the most tense parts, mm-hmm. other than the stabbing in the shower, mm-hmm. is when her sister shows up with um oh uh, with with her lover yeah to try and find oh out. no that
2: wasn't her lover that was you talking about the sister's lover or uh Marion's lover because that was Marion's lover that's what I was oh okay okay.
0: Um, so when her sister showed up with her lover mm-hmm. to try and figure out what happened to Marion, and they like were
2: like, "Had a lover?"
0: No, Marion's sister oh. and Marion's lover.
2: Okay, will you say? Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm picturing the I'm picturing a completely different thing because you like she shows up with his lover. And I'm like, you talking about the first time him and her and Sam interacted? But you're right. I'm so sorry. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Once again, Mark proves he's an idiot. <laughs>
0: This is, you know, the video clip all I know, over again. I know,
2: right, I know, right. I'm thinking of one thing. I'm like, Kelsey should be thinking of the same thing too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when they show up uh, for the third time
2: at the motel. Okay. Okay.
0: At the motel. Uh, and and uh her lover, Sam. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Marion's lover. Marion's lover, Sam. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> when he's distracting Norman Bates.
2: Yeah, it's about Marion's lover, Sam.
0: Uh-huh. And then Marion's sister, <laughs> Lila. Okay. Okay, so.
2: Lila is Mar- who again? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Her right. lover. Okay. Well, who's lover? <laughs> Wait. Sam's <Lila>? lover. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like de- getting <laughs> this whole segment. All right, going on.
1: I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
0: Okay, so. So, um. Marion's lover Mm -hmm. distracts Norm Bates while Uh um, her sister (laughs) is, like, looking through, like...
2: Oh, like the house and everything.
0: Yeah, so, well, she, like, goes into her... They check into their room. He distracts them, and then she's like, oh, let me check out this room. Mm -hmm. The one, the number one room. She does. And then she... I think she found something. Oh, like a piece of uh, paper
2: oh yeah they didn't like the piece of paper i feel i feel like either i think that piece of paper was the detective's paper if i remember correctly
0: i think so mm. and then uh and then she does make her way up to the house yeah and um and then that's when all of a sudden norman bates is like so where is she like yeah he realizes that he's being like distracted yeah and so, th- to me, that's very tense because yeah. you're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, the yeah. whole time.
2: Yeah, and then like, I, I th- it, it, it is a weird cutaway because like he he he, Norman Bates does ask Sam like, you know, wait, like what's going on, or kind of like he starts getting, um, he starts seeing that maybe he's being distracted. And it cuts back to, like, Lila going through the house. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts back <laughs> to, like, Norman and Sam, like, like fighting, like, there's, like, no lead-up, just <laughs> cut to, <"Nya!"
0: laughs>
2: it's like fighting each other. I do think
0: the cuts are kind of weird. But mm. they do uh, serve their
1: uh, their purpose. purpose. Yeah.
0: Also, like, mm. I like that house perched up on the hill like that.
2: Oh, that's a very famous... Uh, that's a very famous house i know it if i remember correctly i think it like burned down and they had to recreate it for like the sequels
0: why do all of the houses burn down it just felt like all the things <laughs> like even the wild west town for a fucking uh um, oh
2: am like gun, gun smoke or some shit like that
0: it might be that one but it's i think it's the same one that's shown up in a bunch of movies mm-hmm. but the one they use for westworld mm-hmm. that burned down a wildfire
2: yeah that's true yeah yeah well I would say back then like those houses easily burning down because there's really no safety regulations and they're all just wood yeah seriously there's like no fireproof uh, material on it or anything like that and
0: isn't asbestos like like highly flammable oh yeah
2: oh yeah yeah Uh, one of the one of the like so like this the shower scene where uh, Janet Lee's character dies or is murdered it's one of the most iconic like shots ever in cinema. I think that's great, but I think the one to me the best shot is the part where uh, Detective uh, uh, Arbortros or mm-hmm. Arbogas, sorry, Detective Arbogast, um, it's like walking up the stairs, mm-hmm. and it's like a it's a downward shot from the ceiling, um, and he's like walking up the stairs and everything, and he's like he gets to the top and he's about to turn the corner, and Norman like runs out of the room. I mean, you can't tell it's Norman. It's like it, it's supposed. You're supposed to believe that it's his mother, but like he like runs out of the room. and hear the da, 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 and then <laughs> so starts stabbing him and stuff like that. To me, that shot is way more. I I feel like that shot should be way more iconic than it than it gets it than it does. The reason why is because the reason why I think is because like that shower scene. Like the person, like, comes into focus, like, behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh shit, like, something's coming, right? Where in that, it's like, out of fucking nowhere, like, ah, and all that kind of shit.
0: I like the very last shot.
2: Oh, where, where the, where, uh, Lila turns, like, turns, uh, uh, Ms., Mrs. Bates, like, body around and it's, like, mummified no, and no, shit.
0: No, no, the very, very last one of the entire oh,
2: movie. Oh, the, the, the smiling Norman.
0: Mm-hmm. That's my favorite.
2: That is a really great shot. That is such a great. And I shot. feel like
0: that one should be iconic because mm. I can almost guarantee you nobody else was doing that at that time.
1: Yeah.
0: And um. And the fact that it was like Norman looks so sweet and innocent, and then he has like this evil look like at his the camera. Smile and shit. Like yeah. he's looking directly at you, and then it's yeah. like it kind of like fades a skull mm. in and then out. Like yeah, yeah like he was everybody like he's so fucking two-faced
2: yeah yeah i i that's the thing i think back then a lot of like when the movie first came out probably everybody was more talking about like the shower scene Mm
1: -hmm. you know because
2: nothing had really been done like that and at that time in like horror films it was always like cheap like like here's a ghost here's a a monster that you can tell it's fake as fuck and stuff like that and that scene where um marion gets stabbed i mean like, like I mentioned earlier, like this, they're building up this movie as like, it's like a romantic movie. This woman steals money for her lover, to start a new life. Now she's like running from the cops. Will she make it? Will she not make it? And it's just, the genre just like flips. It's like, no, this is a horror film. And, and it's at that moment, it becomes a horror film. And I think back then, that's what people focused on. As opposed to like, film nerds like you and myself, like look at that scene now. I'm sure back then, there wasn't as... As much film nerds
1: mm-hmm.
2: as it was uh, as there is now. Plus, like this is this was in the theater. This is like 35 millimeter, where like the idea of cassette don't exist. Like you saw a movie in theaters, and if you didn't see it, too bad. Like that's it. Yeah, you just never see it. Um, and I think <clears> at that <throat> time they weren't able to appreciate that shot that you mentioned.
0: I also don't think that they would understand either.
2: Mm-hmm or yeah. maybe even like miss it completely
0: maybe they probably just thought it was just creepy yeah um what i like is that the main character is marion mm-hmm. for a good chunk of the movie mm-hmm. and it's a love story mm-hmm. or like you know like she's yeah she stole money but it's basically a love story yeah and it's like they kill the main character yeah, yeah, yeah. and that like just doesn't happen most of the time even now
2: yeah even like yeah current time in current cinema yeah they don't they don't really like the only movie i can think of off the top of my head they do that is um a place beyond the pines Mm -hmm. they do that they do that in that movie i won't say what character but it's it shifts completely
0: and so i feel like the death of marion is the death of the love story yeah and and the birth of norman being the main character uh. and it being a horror movie
2: yeah not even vero vero Miles is the main character like and that's the thing the two people that people talk about the two the two characters people talk about in that movie is marion and norman like more um more often than not it's Mm -hmm. those two characters yep i mean there's like i said there's sam there's lila there's uh 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 abrogast but it's like either it's like I say, it's these these two characters that take up like each half of the movie. Yep. Um you want to hear an interesting interesting fact about Alfred Hitchcock Hitchcock films?
1: Hmm.
2: He actually didn't get recognitions for his movie until like the eighties. Hmm. Like he, like he's made a ton of movies, right? He was like um, he made a ton a ton of movies, like *Darling for Murder*, and *The Birds*. Uh, marnie psycho like all these vertigo vertigo yeah all these movies that have seen are seen now as iconic right Mm -hmm. back then they were just movies they were like oh this guy makes like weird and horror film or maybe like drama filled movies okay this is interesting you know he does he really brings the whole suspense of it and everything like Mm -hmm.
1: that
2: cool but like like i said at that time if you miss the movie you miss the movie right and it wasn't until the 80s where like they started like actually putting these movies on vhs and making them more accessible is when he really started getting like the high level of caliber of of cinema you know cinema uh, uh auteurs that he's like known for now mm. what are you looking at?
0: he just wanted to know when he died uh, which was
2: 1980 it was a 1980 he was
0: born in 1899 and i'm actually so why <laughs> while you were saying that i was like mm. i wonder when he died because if he wasn't getting recognition till after he died mm. i'm so fucking happy about that because he was a
2: dick oh yeah he was a piece of shit yeah like, like
0: i would a big piece of i shit. would want him to die before he realized <laughs> were good. you know yeah, what i mean yeah i get you like cool they're good but he didn't know that mm. so it's fine
2: okay so before we end the segment i want to ask you a question so this movie is seen as problematic can you guess why
0: um i think it's partially because of how creepy i don't know i thought i thought it was maybe because like the girl is like oh i'm doing all this shit for a man
2: Mm -hmm. uh i mean
0: partially yeah
2: i mean third third wave feminism would like see it like that um but one of the one of the big things that make this movie like problematic uh, as of now um is how it depicts, like, a transvestite as, like, a psycho murderer and stuff like that. But like he
0: wasn't a transvestite, though. No, I know. they I, even...
2: I know they say in the movie that, like... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: Like, even at the end, he mm. was like, no, I want to delineate, like, what mm. a transvestite is mm-hmm. and what a, like, what is going on with him. And he is mm-hmm. not a transvestite. He's mm-hmm. just fucking crazy. And-
2: yeah. Um, and, I, that, and that goes into, thanks to the writing by Joseph uh Steph- Stefano mm-hmm. but it was Hitchcock that was like oh he's a psycho and he's wearing a and he's a tranny or mm. he's a transvestite sorry i don't mean to use that word uh that derogatory word but like like and think about it, when people when people watched this at the time they saw a transvestite murdering people like even back then that's all they would say or think about mm. rarely even like now rarely People even mention like how um, the doctors like no he's not a transvestite he's just mentally mis- disturbed blah 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 but the damage is already done mm. he's a he's a psycho who happens to be wearing a wig and a dress and clearly he has mother issues mommy issues so he's gonna wear a wig and a dress and kill people mm-hmm. so some people would actually consider some people actually consider this movie very problematic because of today's society how we view. Um, people of different genders bi- uh, who are binary and and uh, transsexuals and stuff like that.
0: I agree, and I also disagree. Okay. I agree that it could be seen as problematic, mm-hmm. um, but I also don't think that it carries the weight
2: mm, okay.
0: that some people think it does. Mm-hmm. And I'm obviously saying this from a place of, I'm not transgender, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean... Maybe I'm gonna offend somebody out there, and hopefully not. Um, but it's a movie that came out in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. I know there are lots of shitty movies, but I feel like they tried. It still tried to tell you, and most of the movie isn't mm-hmm. him dressed as a woman. Yeah, it's, but, it's him, and you know he's killing people.
2: Yeah, but like that's thing—he's killing people dressed as a woman.
0: But you don't get that till the end. But you mm. also get that line about transvestites at the end yeah yeah so i just feel like like it's not like the whole movie is yeah no i get you and you don't even see it yeah yeah
2: it did start a trend unfortunately of like transvestites being mentally disturbed or being like psychos and stuff or laughing stock. yeah or laughing stock. yeah it it really did kick up a trend it's it's so funny for all for all for all of his faults um his alcoholism and stuff like that like for uh i'm referring to uh ed wood that movie he did glenn or Glenda, glenn and Glenda was like more of a, a, a good depiction of transvestites as to help them kind of understand what a what a transvestite is and that it's not always sexual it's just like it's just a part of who they are mm-hmm. their personality it's, it's just makes them a whole and stuff like that and this is like from a shitty director and here's here is um what's this called uh alfred hitchcock one of the, who's considered one of the greatest directors ever who, like, uses uh, transvestites as, like, uh, a tool, mm-hmm. where Ed Wood, one of the shittiest directors ever, is like, no, no, this is how we are. Let me just explain, and we're not a threat. We're not oh. weird. We're not psychos or anything like that. We just want to be pretty, too. <laughs> yeah, we just want to be seen as normal. Yeah. That's it. Um, All right, so uh, I'm going to ask you, Kelsey, does this movie still hold up? Yes. And obviously, you you've explained all the reasons why.
0: Yeah, all of them.
2: All of them. Every single one of them.
0: Every single one.
2: Um, yeah, I think obviously. Well, obviously, I think this movie still holds up. It's still like a piece of like cinema classic, uh, despite the problematic themes that it has. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's Alfred Hitchcock. I mean, not all his films are great, but like this is one of his great films. Uh, anything else?
1: Mm-mm.
2: As Kelsey's drinking her water the Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh kool-aid kool-aid,
0: Kool-Aid. Uh,
2: so that's going to be it for our show for this week we would like to thank the folks over at your entertainment corner for hosting this show on their podcast um, for all your film news tv news and reviews check out your entertainment com. Uh, also drop us a line at therealapill at gmail.com uh, you can find our podcast on all podcast catchers we're all over the place um, don't be afraid to review us on your podcast catcher. You know, it takes like five seconds, six. If you're really lazy, just to kind of give us like a <laughs> five star review. Uh, why don't you go ahead and do that and help us get, help us get noticed, you know, get the podcast out. You can have everybody be the inside crowd to like, know what's funny. And why Mark hits the mic or can't say things correctly or whenever he's an idiot. And you know, it's just the, beat yeah, the fuck out of mark
1: show
0: it is it is the beat the fuck out of mark show because um even even then you're mm. still the center of attention yeah <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> uh all right so join us for next week's show um where we're gonna review james gunn's uh, guardians of the galaxy volume three uh that hits theaters on friday may the 5th uh looking forward to that one i heard that one's a it's a great ender to the james gunn run
0: I think it's funny that we were Mm -hmm. talking about trauma.
2: Oh yeah, (laughs) like
0: we and we didn't choose a trauma film of his to pair.
2: He's only done like, he's only written *Troméo and Juliet*. I know he's done other stuff with trauma, but like not as well known. Oh. Um. Why did we do
0: *Troméo and Juliet* again? We didn't do it. We just watched it because he wanted to show me it. No, no, but we reviewed
2: it on the podcast. Oh, we
0: did. I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. I remember watching it. I just uh, didn't remember that we did it for the podcast.
2: I don't remember. Oh, was it Suicide Squad? I think we did it with Suicide Squad.
0: I think so, too. Uh, anyway. We should yeah. just do it again. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Why not? I forgot Why? it again anyway, so.
2: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will be our recent review. Uh, our geriatric cinematic will be 1994's uh, Stargate. Um which is streaming on Roku, Pluto, and on—is uh, it for Yes. All right. YouTube, uh, YouTube with ads or not with ads, if you know where to look. Uh, <laughs> I want to mention that Kelsey didn't know this movie existed, but she was well aware well aware of the TV show.
0: Yeah, because my dad used to watch that and Outer uh-huh. Limits. <laughs> Those are the two shows, other than Channel Five News or Sunday Morning. Or what, Nova. <laughs>
2: what did you say exactly when I showed you the trailer for this movie?
0: What did I say?
2: You're like, wait, this is a fucking movie? You're I was sci- like,
0: I didn't know this was a movie. Yeah. <laughs> what is it, a movie first?
2: Yeah, it was a movie first, and it was, and it became a sci-fi show.
0: Oh. And I swore that you hated Stargate.
2: Uh, no, I don't hate Stargate. Stargate, another option we were going to do, and I'm actually glad we didn't do this was the fifth element.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I was cringing at the idea of us reviewing the fifth element i've seen that so many times and I have like history with that movie that I'm not too proud to remember mm. and some of it's i, I don't know I don't know if there's people who like love it, but to me it's, it seems so cringeworthy now
0: it is it's kind of a like a parody yeah. of i don't know like late spin- 90s early 2000s style yeah
2: um so anyway yeah we're gonna do stargate instead mm-hmm. uh the Turpic for that week will be a team building with bodies for materials mm-hmm. great terpic.
1: yeah
2: hi,
0: hi. <laughs> i was thinking about let the bodies hit the floor when you were talking about that
2: how's that song go